Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined by Maggie Palmer today. Hello, Maggie. Hey, Sarah. How are you? Good. Are you feeling relaxed? (laughs) Post vacation. (laughs) Um, Before we get to vacation talk, though, um, I want to bring Alex into the conversation because I haven't seen Alex in forever because he keeps his distance and, and joins us remotely. So hello, Alex. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> and Maggie, I get to see Alex today. I'll keep my distance, but because I am dropping Augie off for a play date at Alex's house today. Oh Augie, my, my French so bulldog. <laughs> the dog is having a play date with Alex. Yes. And Alex, <laughs> tell people why it is that that was one of your requisites. That was what you said. Well, you as I'm, I'm double housebound, not only because of the pandemic, but my broken leg. I, I broke my leg. Uh, July 8th, right after the first week of July. And in my, in my sadness and sorrow, I requested that the, my shining light in this dark time uh, is going to be a day with Augie, that uh, I'm going to make Sarah bring him over and uh, just play with him and just have him around in my life for, oh my for an afternoon. <laughs> That's adorable. I feel like he's not coming back, Sarah. I feel like this is a veiled yeah. Yeah, because he, Augie is a cuddle bunny too. So he will, um, and afternoon is definitely his nap time. So he will do just snuggle, snuggle, snuggle with Alex. (laughs) I can't wait. And the other thing too is my partner, Anne, who's um, a nurse in the ER and she worked a late night shift last night. So she got off at like 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, I just heard her get home just now. So she's, um, going to be sleeping all day. And so my plan is to wake her up with some licks on the face. From oh, <laughs> but you're not going to lick her, right? This is Augie. This is just Augie. No, I'm just going <laughs> to okay. toss Augie in there. Close. The I don't know. I don't know what happens in your relationship. <laughs> <laughs> you do you. So, so I've told him, I've told Augie about it and he seems very excited. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, adorable. Yes, yes. We are equally excited, and we cannot wait. <laughs> so I will see you later, Alex. All right, I'll see you later. Can't wait. Um, so Maggie, yes, yeah, you alluded to. I'm fresh off a week at the Oregon coast uh, with my family, and you know about the Oregon coast because when you lived out here in Portland, you had a. a uh, beach house that you let my family stay at. You graciously let my family stay at for a weekend. Yes. I was just living through you. Just all your photos on Instagram and <laughs> I was all stressed out. I told you with the zombie apocalypse that is my neighborhood full of children. <laughs> just like in the, I'm in the bathroom, like in the bathtub, just looking at your pictures. <laughs> oh my goodness. So now had you ever been as far South as Bandon, which is where we are? Have you, had you ever been down that far? Yes. Well, you know, Ryan and I lived there pre kiddos. Oh. So we did a lot of exploring up and down the coast. Okay. Um, so yeah, I love that area, the South coast. It is. It's um, there. Well, I mean, the Oregon coast in general is is dramatic, but it has these amazing rock formations, particularly in Bandon at the beach. They're called haystack rocks and they're on the beach. They're out in the water. You know, they look like kind of like um, a reclining, you know, like someone is an enormous, enormous figure is in the water with his head looking up, you know, face rock um, looks like it's gazing up at the 
sky and reading the clouds or something like that. And then, you know, there's another one called Cat and Kittens that didn't really look like a cat and kittens, but it was a whole bunch of like a, a bigger rock than followed by a bunch of smaller rocks. So I guess, you know, um, so there's all sorts of Native American stories that relate to them. And um, so it makes for a very, very dramatic beach because also then when it's low tide, you can explore some of the ones that maybe at a higher tide or not. And there's um, caves and arches, you know, um, worn through the rocks so you can explore and and um, get worried that your kids are going to get sucked out to the ocean. Because... I know. Well, our rule was always never turn your back on the ocean. And that's, well, it I is? Mean, that's something I would just always, always put into the kids. But now, you know, on the East Coast, um, mm. it's pretty tame. And they're at Lake, they're at Lake Erie, like, oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so Lake Erie is an inland lake. Um, well, I, yeah, it's a great lake. Um, so now my kids are terrified. There's no waves. Nice. And they're like, no, 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 don't turn your back. Don't turn your back. Right. They're That's like it. yelling at everyone else on the beach. Like, we need to revisit this because they, you know, they're Oregon babies. Yes. N- different rules apply at different beaches. And uh, yeah, because um, the Oregon coast and, you know, a lot of the Pacific coast have um, what are called sneaker waves, which are not waves shaped like running shoes, but they are just surprise big waves that come in uh, suddenly and can just sweep you out and yeah. um so that was definitely speaking of augie you know take him on the beach and i'm like oh my gosh don't let a sneaker wave get augie don't let a sneaker wave get augie um so yeah and it's truly no joke um, yeah so it's very dangerous yeah 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 and didn't even touch the water i know now people are like oh my gosh that beach sounds horrible it's beautiful it's you know there's hardly anyone on it it was bright sunshine every day i went running every single day I was out there um, because I didn't have, didn't have a bike with me, you know, uh, couldn't go swimming in the ocean. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for you. Seven days of running. Seven days. It was, it was a big deal. Yeah. I logged 41 miles. It was like I was back up in wow. marathon training. So um, that's great. Um, yeah. Great. And you know, uh, you know, my body needs, needs a break. Um, so that, that, um, you know, is kind of tied up with our topic for today. It's part of our routine series. This episode is it's about cross training and I've wanted to do this one since April, but figured that life was, you know, just so topsy turvy, nothing felt very routine but I don't know if you agree with this, Maggie. I hope you do. That it seems like you know we've we're getting adjusted to the new normal, so that people have more routines established again. You know, with some improvisation. Um, I asked women on our Facebook page to fill out a Google form. It's my new thing for finding guests. <laughs> um, and uh, one mother runner in Brooklyn, she really has found some improvisation. Um, she told me that her swimming has moved from a pool to an ocean bay. And I just like imagined all the bodies of water near Brooklyn. I'm like, wow, that is intrepid. Um, so, you know, several women told me they're paddle boarding. One said she's dancing. There's several doing bar classes online, I'm assuming. There's, you know, just so much variety. And, you know, Maggie, you have found a routine with your Orange Theory workouts. I know you oftentimes are doing them online, which is lovely. And um, yeah, so um, so I am back to my, you know, uh, one outdoor strength class a week, riding my bike once a week, you know, going swimming once or twice, and then, you know, running more like, I don't know, three days a week, maybe four days a week. So, but we will talk with three mother runners about their cross training habits after this break. Stay with us. 
First up is Melanie Harris. Melanie is a mom of three in Santa Clara, California. She's a longtime runner and an avid cross trainer doing a variety of activities from the expected strength training to the unexpected BMX racing. Welcome to the show, Melanie. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Happy to have you. Melanie, um, can you tell us the ages of your three kiddos? Yes, I have two boys, 10 and four, and my daughter is seven. Oh, nice. Yes. I have two boys oh. with a girl in the middle. Yep. <laughs> so we know that you're not new to running, um, but can you tell us a little bit more about your running background? Yeah, so it all started because I wanted to beat the boys on the playground, and once I learned I could, I just kept running from there. And so I ran um, middle school, high school, college for my teams and actually helped found the indoor track team at MIT for women. Nice. Yes. Very nice. That is, I think we need to write that, you know, in your, in your obit one day. That's awesome. Oh, yay. Thank you. (laughs) A long time from now. A long time from now. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) Um, So, all right. And since, since your MIT days, I mean, um, during, you know, when there are races, what do you like to race? You know, what, what are you up to? So I think for a lot of us that competed earlier in life and in college, there's been a transition period where uh, a race is not a race anymore, but more about an experience. And so I took a pause actually and played rugby after college and then um, came back to running via triathlons. But now what I do for races, it's more about the experience. So I try to do trail runs. I had actually signed up for my first ultra, but of course it's not happening this year. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, where I am in the Bay Area, I'm very close to a lot of long distance trail runs Mm -hmm. and I just want to be at a well-run race with, um, no pun intended. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and you know, where it's just got beautiful views and I come away from it thinking, wow, I'm really glad I did that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you live in such a beautiful part of the country, as you said, with so, you know, such great access to nature and uh, you can exercise outdoors year round. So before we get to your bike racing, tell us what a typical week of workouts look for you since you do do a variety of activities, like how much, you know, how many days of running, do you Mm -hmm. throw hiking in there, yoga? Tell us about that. Right. Well, I actually share my kids half time with my ex-husband. So what that has given me is more of an opportunity to have consistency in my working out. And because half the time, my time is belonging entirely to me. And so what I try to do is when I have the kids is go for bike rides with them, as well as um, do strength training, because that's something I can do in my garage. So I try to strength train twice a week, go for a bike ride twice a week. I run three times a week. And then I might throw in a kayak or a hike um, somewhere in there when I don't have the kids. Nice. 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 So you have a fair, um, like, how would you describe what you have in your garage? Is it decked out like a total home gym? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So actually I I joke that single moms were well prepared for COVID because we get trapped at home a lot. (laughs) So I have a (laughs) treadmill. So my, in my garage, I have a treadmill I have a nice little weightlifting setup where I have a soft pad for sit-ups and all of that kind of stuff. Half BOSU, which I find key to doing my core strength training. And then I have the flexible Bowflex weights because um, they don't take up a lot of space, but they um, allow me to do a lot of different exercises. Mm, 
That sounds very nice. Wow. Then, I think I'm just going to show up in her garage next week. <laughs> yes. And because of the weather, you can keep the garage door open. Yes. It's, it's, have sunlight. Oh my gosh, it sounds Don't so Don't be surprised if I show up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're welcome to. Oh, good. I take that as an invitation. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about BMX racing. I mean, yes. it's not like, I, you know, I ride the bike on the trail or whatever, but it sounds thrilling, semi-dangerous, um, yes. but we're also thinking not everyone is familiar with it. So can you tell us what that is and how you got involved in the sport? Yes. So my son was doing the racing and so I was obviously going a lot to support him and they had a women and girls try free day where they close a track and just let us go and, you know, kind of a safe place to try it. So I said, well, you know, I'm coming here often enough. I might as well try it. I was a little bit at a point in my life where I was switching a job, going to a startup after coming from a stable, large company about to hit 40. So I thought, all right, I might as well try something else scary (laughs) and add it in. (laughs) And um, my philosophy is kind of, if I'm afraid of it, I should probably tackle it because it builds confidence and makes me calmer about the rest of the things in my life. And so I went and I tried it and I'm actually terrified of riding bikes downhill. Mm -hmm. And so for me, this was about overcoming, like I had a big crash on a road bike in Tahoe years ago. And so it's just, this was overcoming that fear and saying, wow, I'm making all these big decisions and here I am tackling it. But the way BMX looks like is there's a gate and you actually end up balancing on your bike, leaning into the gate, and then it drops out from under you and you go down a hill and then you go through a series of hills. It's usually um, four straightaways, maybe a quarter to a half a mile. And it's all about um, scoring points or elimination rounds to get to the final final moto, which is essentially a heat which us runner folks <laughs> use that term. <laughs> and um, it's all about, you never sit down on the bike, so you do need a lot of core strength and um, a really strong butt. Um, <laughs> and it's a lot of it is about not just having that strength, but how you move with the bike and how you manage your center of gravity. Wow, oh okay, so it sounds like it's a, like, if we're thinking of it in terms of workout, it's a core workout, Got your glutes engaged. Yes. Imagine doing um, squats on the bike. <laughs> nice. And then your mind. Yes. And you've got your mind focused. So, I mean, when you, how do you feel when you get off the bike? Is it like a rush? It, it is. I really am. I'm exhausted and I'm a little bit shaky, but I'm like, wow, I just did this. I cannot believe I just did this. And here I am a year and a half in and I still feel that way every time. Oh, I bet. And and before the pandemic, how often were you racing? Uh, probably once a week. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You're like it's, a pro. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I will tell you part of what I love about it is I, this is going to sound weird, but I actually don't place well. So it's all about a learning experience and it really gets to be about what I'm getting out of it and not what place that I'm getting. I'm not that good. Some of these women are just like, they just lap, like, they don't lap me because there's not laps, but they are quite <laughs> faster than me. <laughs> They're waiting for you at the bottom looking up. Yes. At you. <laughs> right. 
But what it does have is a great community because like you guys said, a lot of people don't know about it. So it's very supportive and it's like family. Mm. Wow. Hmm. Hmm. We have a lot of, um, it's not motocross because is it, I guess it would be called bike cross out here in, in Oregon. Maybe I'm, you know, so that it's cyclocross. Thank you. I knew that wasn't quite the right Mm -hmm. word. Yes. Cyclocross is quite big. So that's what I envisioned BMX as. Yes. But so you, so it's more like, uh, almost like the ski racing the way, right? I don't, I'm not familiar with ski racing, but, but I imagine. <laughs> but with the, with the gates and getting close to them and kind of weaving and that sort of thing. Exactly. Uh, yes. Wow. 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 So then how do you, what does training look like for that? So for the skill standpoint, really, you have to spend time on the track and um, that just so you can start learning it, getting the rhythm down, all of that kind of stuff. But from a cross-training standpoint, you know, after three kids, my pelvis was having some alignment issues, and it's all about having that strong butt. So for my running, as well as for um, BMX racing, I do, when I do my strength training, I work out my glutes and everything else in 20 different ways (laughs) Mm. every time. So I'll do one-legged squats. I'll do one-legged squats on the BOSU. I will be doing... um, side squats, uh, all of those kinds of things, just stacking them on top of each other. Wow. Wow. So then do you feel it gives more focus to your strength training because of that? Yes, it does. Because I know that I I will see, it keeps me from being in pain when I'm running, but it actually helps enhance the experience of BMX. Yeah. Yeah. How have you found that it, that the BMX and the BMX training has helped your running? because it's not just the strength training to build for BMX, but BMX builds that strength. And it, so I do feel stronger out on my runs. And it also, because the runs are on a slower pace, the BMX helps give me some sprint training because I just don't do intervals anymore or anything like that. So it's a more fun way to get the interval and speed training in. Mm-hmm. And then do you ever worried about getting injured on the bike and then being taken out of contention for running? Terrified of it. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> running is my sanity. Um, but uh-huh. yeah, I did uh, do a race last year that it was a nationals qualifier and I um, crashed because it was well out of my league for a beginner, but it was the home track. So I was like, well, I'll just go and try it, right? Get the experience. And I crashed and I realized, wow, I need a lot more gear on my body. So it's not just wearing long pants and gloves and long sleeves, but I have a chest protector with a spine protector and knee pads and elbow pads because not only am I worried about running, I'm like, oh crap, I've got three kids to take care of. Out of commission, we're in trouble. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow, so different from running then that to be wearing all that equipment, you know, we all say, oh, it's so awesome. You just need a good sports bra and a pair of shoes and you're out the door. Yes, exactly. It's completely opposite. I've always tried to avoid any sports that require gear. I felt like (laughs) swimming was a lot because you had to get goggles and make sure you have a pool somewhere, but you know, it's been worth it. Uh So, so let's put that crash behind us. Tell us a a different standout memory from a BMX race. So I actually, it's not actually a race. That's my biggest standout 
memory, but um, because of COVID, they paused racing, but they opened the track a little bit. So we had a lot of practice time. So I really oh. enjoy just going out there and working on the things that are challenging. And there's something called a rhythm section, which is a mm. series of small hills. And essentially, if you do it right, you'll get faster by the end without pedaling because you'll be using the momentum of the hills to build speed. And I am absolutely horrible at it, but that's okay <laughs> because it gives me something to focus on. And about a month and a half ago, I was out there and I've been getting advice from so many different people. Cause like I said, everybody's very kind, helpful. It's a family and it finally clicked and I didn't have to pedal until the very last hill. And I felt amazing. Like I had conquered the world. That's, That's awesome. so cool. Thanks. You're inspiring me. I mean, I'm not going to do BMX, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so speaking of that, I mean, you took up a brand new sport at age 40. Yes. Which we totally admire. What advice do you give for other ladies thinking of branching out? I say, you know, do it. And if it scares you, then that's okay. Because understand why it scares you and just, you know, tackle it because you're going to be scared. You're just going to, the scare, being afraid is not going to go away, but that what you gain out of overcoming that fear, or at least tackling it and saying, hey, this is not for me then you know more about yourself as well as it builds confidence and makes other things that feel scary, feel less scary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we're going to end on that note, Melanie. And uh, thank you so much for sharing of yourself today. This is great. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Our next guest is Allison Strickland, who is the mom of two young kids. She and her family live in North Liberty, Iowa, and her two main means of cross-training are indoor cycling and teaching aqua aerobics, which I am excited to hear more about. Thanks for joining us, Allison. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So, Allison, how old are your two kiddos? Uh, my oldest, Shay, is going to be four next um, Tuesday. Mm -hmm. uh, and he'll be starting preschool this year. And then our youngest is 15 months old, and his name is Jamie. Nice. Oh, a baby. <laughs> yeah. So he doesn't we seem know, like it. I know. That's how my youngest was. It was like he just came out like five years old. <laughs> yeah, they were both tiny babies. They were five and a half pounds. Oh, my Aww. goodness. Oh, little peanuts. I know. Um, so we know you are a water polo player in college, which we think is very cool. But how did that evolve into becoming a runner? So I um, swam all growing up um, through high school competitively. And then I actually walked onto my college uh, water polo team uh, mm. when I got there. It was a new varsity sport. Um, and so they were kind of a little bit desperate for people. Um, I didn't want to do swimming any longer because I was an athletic training major and I had to do a lot of clinical hours for that. And the water polo season is very short. Um, it's really only about January to like early April where a swim season can last like August until March. Um, so it's a longer season. So I wanted something shorter. I wanted to stay active. Um, I would occasionally, we had a master swim team that uh, practiced at the college. So I would go swim with them on the off season, sometimes twice a week. Um, and that's how I got started playing water polo. And we were a pretty awesome division three team. <laughs> and then how did that transition to running? Oh, yep. Yeah. So um, I, 
if you look at water polo players, we are not tiny people. Um, <laughs> generally, we're pretty big and tall and muscular. Um, and then when I got engaged, I really wanted to lose weight for our wedding. Um, and so I just started running because I could fit it into my schedule because um, I was working 60 to 80 hours a week at the time. And I would actually, um, I was working as a high school athletic trainer at the time. So I would just run basically while the kids were practicing, you know, if we had a late night, you know, basketball practice, you know, from eight to 10, I would just run around the gym in a circle over and over and over. <laughs> um, and I ended up losing 70 pounds before our wow. wedding. Oh my gosh. Wow. wow. That's a lot of laps around the gym. That is. <laughs> Trained for my first 5k that way. Wow. And then my That's first fair. 5k was like negative 10 degrees outside. Oh boy. <laughs> Like, I'm used to being indoors. What's this weather thing? Yeah. <laughs> so there's not really like a good transition between the two. It was just wanting to stay active. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice, so. nice. So what does a typical week of workouts look like for you, Allison? So typically I am doing um, about four to five days of running per week. And then I do two indoor cycling sessions per week. And then I teach uh, once or twice during the week. Um, the days vary because they have different uh, schedules during the week. Most of the aqua aerobic classes are early in the morning or on the weekends. So usually I take the Saturday classes um, just because I'm here with the kids. So mm -hmm. um, usually I teach Saturday mornings after my long run. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Okay, so your description on the Google form of, of indoor cycling cracked me up. You, you called it a poor man's Peloton class, old spin bike, and the app. Um, so is that new during the pandemic, or was that always your MO? No, so um, we had always had the spin bike, but I hadn't really used it uh, very often. We have a pretty decent little home gym setup. We have a treadmill, and then the spin bike, and then the adjustable Bowflex weights and some free weights. Hmm. Um, so... When Peloton did their 90 days free um, during the start of the quarantine, um, I just signed up for it and really fell in love with it. Um, just using the app is pretty affordable. Um, it's like $12 a month or something like that. So um, yeah, I've just been really enjoying doing those classes. Um, I uh, will even play some of their treadmill runs um, while I'm doing my outdoor runs as like tempo training. Oh. Wow. So, even, even though you can't, well, I guess, so with the app, you only hear things or do you also see things on your phone? So they have outdoor runs that are just audio only. Mm -hmm. Um, but they also, they don't have as many outdoor runs as they do treadmill runs. Um, mm -hmm. and so I'll just play it and just kind of adjust as, you know, if they're saying they're going to adjust the, um, incline, I'll just mm -hmm. run faster or find a hill. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Creative. Yeah, it's a cool app. I use that app um, on my treadmill when they were first offering it for free. Mm -hmm. I've actually never used it on the treadmill because I try and get outside since we're here in Iowa and I just don't use my treadmill about, I don't know, six months out of the year. Yeah. Do it while you can. Yeah. There'll be time for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, there'll be time. Yeah. Um, so that's my cheap, like Peloton hack, <laughs> just an old spin bike I got on prime day. <laughs> well, that's all you need, right? Because uh, cycling is a classic companion to running. 
And so when we're talking about cross training, what does cycling do for you? What, how do you think it makes you a better runner? For me, um, I really feel like it helps my leg strength, but it's just getting off the road and not having the pounding over and over on my knees and hips um, every day of the week. Um, usually on my cross training days before I started cycling, it was just walking my dog. Um, but I really feel like adding the little bit of extra strength training that comes with being on the bike just really helps, um, especially when you're really cranking up the tension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I used to do the spitting classes and I feel like that's just my MO. I need someone yelling in my face to, <laughs> to motivate yeah. me. Um, so do you ever have trouble motivating to, to get on the bike, you know, by yourself? Um, and if so, how do you get motivated? I don't. Um, I'm super type A, like Enneagram three, like what does Gretchen Rubin call it? The, um, oh, I can't remember like the upholder or something like that. Like I am very internally motivated. So I get up at six every morning and I work out right away. Mm -hmm. Um, and then usually by the time I come home, the kids are up, I'm getting them ready. So it's just routine for me now. I don't even think about it. I just get up and go. Uh good i love you talking about enneagrams i am i i think we almost need to do a show about those i just i haven't dove into them too much but just when people talk about them like oh i want to take a test and find out which i am Uh, (laughs) i know (laughs) um, all right allison i saw that you teach aqua aerobics as i said i just knew that i had to have you on the episode um so because i have to mention that my inactive husband um who I must give a shout out to has uh, started walking now with two different friends on different days. So props to Jack. Um, So, but, but a bunch of years ago, maybe a decade ago when he tried to get into a fitness routine, he joined 24 hour fitness and he started taking the water aerobics. That was his workout of choice with all the, you know, senior citizens. <laughs> and, and, um, Love you, Jack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, so, um, so Allison, tell folks what, what classes like that can do for people who don't have an AARP membership card. Yeah. So I actually got into, I, I taught swimming lessons all through high school and college. So, you know, I've been teaching for a long time, but more like one-on-one private lessons. And when I was pregnant with my first, I wanted to go swim laps. Um, I don't swim as much as I used to. I do one indoor triathlon every year. Um, and I'll usually start swimming like a month before it just to get, you know, feel like I'm doing something, Mm -hmm. um, to get prepared for it, even though I probably don't need to. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, uh, I started going when I was pregnant just to do something a little different and get off my feet. And I showed up one morning and there was an aqua aerobics class and they were like, Oh, don't swim laps. Just join us. It'll be so fun. (laughs) And I mean, I was definitely, I was 27, I think at the time. And I think everyone else there was definitely 60 plus. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it was just so fun. And for me, aqua aerobics is kind of like therapy, like really cheap therapy that I get. I shouldn't say cheap. I get paid to do it. So (laughs) it's therapy that I get paid to do because these older women just love to talk. They love to hear about all of your problems. They're (laughs) super into your business. Um, And they, you know, they have a lot more life experience than I do. So, you know, I'm always getting, you know, little tidbits of information from them. Um, 
we haven't lived uh, in Iowa for too long. So when I first started, they were so helpful in helping us, you know, feel at home and um, learn different things about the area. Um, but yeah, the, the ladies are just so cute and so fun. The oldest lady in my class is 92. Oh boy. Yeah. And they just have a blast. Um, aqua aerobics is really, I feel like you're in charge of how hard you're working because I feel like when I'm teaching that I'm working pretty hard. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a lot of the ladies in there have shoulder mobility problems or hip mobility problems. And so what they're doing is kind of dependent on their physical ability. So we use a lot of equipment, um, for the, the, uh, aqua aerobics classes. It's not just getting in the water and bouncing around. Um, we'll put in aerobic steps and so they'll do like mini, um, step classes because we have different, styles of aqua aerobics classes. We have an aqua step class. We have an aqua Zumba class. Um, I don't teach that one, but I have joined. It's super fun. Um, so we'll use the buoy weights, uh, during the class and then we'll also use, um, free weights. So, um, I'll be in there with 10 pound dumbbells in each hand. Um, and we'll do different, uh, weight exercises with our upper body while we're in the water and, they just bounce around and they just have such a blast. Um, I've had a lot of the older ladies that'll bring their grandkids when they come like (laughs) middle school, high school age. And they're like, this is so hard. This is so challenging. I am out of breath. Um, Because I think for the younger kids, they're able to really put the energy into it and they can see that it can be a good workout. Uh uh So you are in the pool because don't, don't some instructors there on the, the, you know, the deck. Um, so you're in there with them? I'll do both. Um, Mm. it depends on which class that I'm teaching. Usually if it's the aqua step class, I stay out of the water and use the step, um, for demonstration. Mm -hmm. Um, usually I'm 50, 50. Um, they have a few things where they know the cues to the moves. And so I can be in the water with them. Mm -hmm. Um, or, um, I'll be on the deck demonstrating and then I'll get back in the water because we may do the same, you know, three move circuit, um, for a couple minutes. So I just, I just love getting in the water with them. It's, you know, it's so hot on the pool deck. I'd rather not (laughs) stand there and I just sweat. It's terrible. (laughs) And so I remember doing, I did aqua aerobics when I was pregnant too, because like you said, it kind of takes the pressure off of your hips and makes you feel a little lighter when you're, especially when you're getting toward the end. Um, but what do you feel aqua exercise does for your running? I mean, does it help like with your breathing, I would think, or just kind of toning your all over body? So for me, I love to incorporate, um, a lot of, I would call it Pilates style moves into my classes. So they'll be standing and balancing and then I'll have them do, um, like a leg lift, a single leg lift where they're lifting their leg up straight as high as they can. And then they go back as far as they can. Um, I'll have them do the same thing, um, in a matrix. So they'll go side to side, they'll go diagonally. Um, the old ladies just giggle, you know, like school girls when we do fire hydrants. So we'll do standing (laughs) fire hydrants in the pool and they just giggle and giggle and think it's so funny. Um, and so it's a really good way to add, um, a little more mobility to glute exercises because you aren't fighting gravity and you can get a little bit more push out of your moves. So you can go a little bit higher, a little bit further. Um, And so for me, it's a a good mix of strength because you have the resistance of the water. 
And then you're also getting a little bit more out of it um, in terms of range of motion. Mm. Well, mobility is such a buzzword these days in the fitness industry. So I'm really intrigued about um, you saying that. But but I have to say that um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and make a generalization. I don't think all aqua aerobics classes are created equal. Like I think it sounds like you are, because I, I swim, um, you know, when pools are open. And so I've, and then I swim, you know, like when I travel for work or when I was visiting my parents in Connecticut or something. So I've been to a lot of pools and seen aqua aerobics as I do my laps. And yours sounds more intense and varied than a lot of the classes I'd seen. So one, either shoot me down or, you know, confer with that. And also just give advice for people who are looking for a class who maybe are thinking, oh, I'd like to combine, you know, combine mobility and strength. I think I'm going to start doing an aqua aerobics class. So I have a sports medicine background. I'm a certified athletic trainer. And on top of the aqua aerobics, I actually do private um, aquatic rehab um, Mm -hmm. uh, classes. So a lot of stroke patients. Um, I work with a lot of kids that have cerebral palsy um, in the classes, and that's a totally different type of cross-training. Those kids, you know, I love to give them um, a chance to really feel like they can swim like a normal kid. And so I put them on lighter um, noodles to get them to be able to swim, Um, but I have to hold them up a little bit so they don't sink and get their face in the water. And just the smile on their faces they get when they're able to kind of feel like they're swimming like a normal kid is just so worth it. Um, but if you're looking for an aqua aerobics class, I would say most gyms usually have, um, you know, one or two classes that they'll let you try out for free and go and see what the vibe is like. Um, I live in a very active community. It's a big university town, um, cause we're by the university of Iowa. So, um, people generally expect a little bit more out of our fitness classes. It's not, you know, a social hour or anything like that, even though with the older gals, you know, they definitely, you know, like to be chatty and everything during the classes. Um, But give some classes a try. If you're not finding one that maybe suits your needs, you know, think about the cross training that you do on land and try to, incorporate this, incorporate the same thing into the water. So, Mm. you know, if you're doing, you know, leg lifts or lunges, think of ways that you can do the same thing in the water. Mm. Because you'll get that added mobility that comes from being more buoyant and supported in the water. Is that it? And you're, and you're able to go further because you're not necessarily, I wouldn't say in pain, but because you're not fighting gravity, Mm -hmm. Um, Because everything we do is usually um, the water is only up to your waist. Mm -hmm. So you're able to really, you know, if you're doing a squat, get into a lower squat because you're not finding gravity. You can lunge a little bit further. You can stretch a little bit further. Mm -hmm. Um, We usually do like a five minute stretch cool down. And I really have the older ladies um, stretch their hip flexors as far as they can. Just Mm -hmm. because as we age, that's one of the most important muscle groups that we can be stretching. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I really just try and and do things for them that it's going to help their their overall health. Um, Mm -hmm. Because the more they can stay active, the longer they're going to stay active. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just listening to you talk. I'm thinking that that um, listeners who have um, a backyard pool 
mm-hmm. could be could be doing this instead of you know um, doing it in your basement or on your porch or whatever after you run you know just hop into the shallow end of your pool and mm-hmm. and do kind of a a cool down routine um, that would have obviously a benefit of the water in both regards it cools you down. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big advocate of stretching in the water. Uh-huh. I think you uh-huh. just get so much more out of your stretch. Mm, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you um, yeah, for that, absolutely. for that suggestion. Well, it has been great to talk to you and, and thanks for joining us. Thank you. Our final guest today is April Garf. She's a mom of four, including twins in Salt Lake city. Uh, April has been a runner for more than two decades. She's also devoted to strength training. Thank you for joining us, April. All right. Thank, great to be here. So Twin Powers Activate, tell us, yes. how old, <laughs> tell us how old your kiddos are. All right, my oldest is 10, um, and then I have twin, my eight-year-old, I have eight-year-old twins, and then I have a five-year-old. Went, went back to the well, even after having two of them. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was an adventure. <laughs> so April, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself as a runner? Yeah. Um, so I started running when I was 14, my dad dragged me to the track team at my high school and made me join. I'm not sure why. Um, but it started kind of a lifelong, uh, love affair with running. So that's kind of when I started. Um, and I took off a little bit of time after I graduated high school, um, trying to get into college. And then I started again, my bus driver who drove me to college, uh, he told me I should run a marathon. (laughs) <laughs> and so then I started running marathons and I haven't stopped since. So wait, 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 the bus driver, like, did you take a long bus ride to get to college or are you saying like you lived far from the college and you would commute every day on the bus? Like, yeah. Who so was it was a 45 minute bus ride from my house to uh, the university of Utah where I went to my undergrad. And okay. uh, yeah, so I had the same bus driver every day and we just got into conversations and anyway, that's kind of how it started. He told me to run a marathon. And so I did. I know. I'm like, wait, I have questions. <laughs> right, exactly. And then I almost see him. It's kind of like this Tom Hanksian mystery character. Like, yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Or Morgan That's Freeman. who should play him in the movie of my life. Morgan yeah. Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I have a vision of you running a marathon. You're like, sure, why not? Let's do it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, So, all right, April, before the show, you revealed that you started doing basic strength exercises when you were in high school, which really struck a chord with me because I used to do Jane Fonda workouts as a teen, which I realize I'm considerably older than you are. And and I reveal that by saying that. Um, So talk about your start in strength training and how it has evolved over the years. Okay, so in high school, I was on the cross-country team and the track team, and my cross-country coach and track coach, um, they were different people, but the cross-country coach was the one. She'd make us go to the weight room. She'd have us do ab workouts, and we would do leg lifts. We would do squats with the bar, all sorts of things. So that's kind of how I started getting into um, strength training, but she also had us do like bike we did, we do biking for cross training occasionally, especially when we were injured. So that coach was really instrumental. And I think she was a big biker. She was a triathlete. So I think that helped me uh, get the idea that, Hey, cross training is not all bad. I don't have to just run. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so then that's kind of how I started. I, I've seen some, um, like they used to have workouts in runner's world and I would follow those. That's kind of how I started with that. And I continue in college. I took a weight training class. 
And I loved that so much. And I've just kind of kept it with me ever since. I've just kept it in my life. Nice, nice, nice. I used to, I used to definitely do uh, workouts from, they were in magazines as well. I'd do that in high school. And then Dimity and I ended up being some of the people who would write those workouts. So uh, <laughs> that might've been the one I found that I started with then. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's all meant to be. Yeah. And how often do you strength train per week and how long per session? It kind of varies on what I'm training for in particular, but generally it's two to three times a week, 30 minutes of 30 to 45 minutes of weights is kind of what I do. And I'll usually bike uh, for an extra workout once or twice a week as well. Okay. And what do you like best about strength training? Uh, I like to feel strong. I feel like there's nothing better than being able to, you know, pump out 20 pushups. I mean, I can't do a pull up. That's been always been one of my goals. Um, but I can do 20 pushups. I can do, you know, ab workouts till forever. I just like that feeling. I like feeling strong. And I think that's the biggest thing. I like being able to run up a hill and my legs won't get tired because I've done, you know, I did hundred squats earlier in the week or whatever. So I just, I like being able to be strong and feeling strong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So pushups, are we talking, uh, on your toes or on your knees? Oh, I do full pushups. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. Yes. Good. And I think it's good. Neither, none of us use the term man push-ups. So full push-ups. I like that term. Yeah. It's a modified push-up. If you do right. it on full, your knees. modified, not girl push-ups. Yes. Right. Full versus modified. This is good verbiage. I like yes. this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so is this something you do at home? You know, is it something you were doing at the gym and now is maybe gone on to zoom classes? Like, um, you know, how are you doing these strength workouts? Uh, so I've always been a fan of doing them at home. I started like more seriously when my, my oldest was five weeks old. We moved to a, we moved from Los Angeles, California out to the suburbs because my husband got a job out there. And in that community, there were a group of girls who did, they threw together kind of a boot class for everyone and everyone would bring their babies and they'd bring their weights and a mat. And it was about an hour, three times a week. And my my baby was five weeks old. So I thought I can start doing strength training classes again. So I'd bring him (laughs) in his little car seat and bring my weights and my mat. And I would do that three times a week with these girls. And we lived there for about two years. Um, After I got pregnant with my twins, I had to stop doing those workouts because I had to be on bed rest. But um, so I've been used to doing it with my kids basically since I've had my children. So they do it with me even sometimes now. Um, But I have always done it with them. Sometimes we'll go to the park and I'll bring my weights we live across the street from a park. So that makes it really convenient and they'll just play and I will do my workout. Wow. 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 Um, so, and then how much strength equipment do you have at home? You know, both of the previous two guests, um, I'm now thinking I'm the only person who doesn't have a flexible Bowflex system in my house. Like, no, oh. Me neither. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, what, what equipment do you have and what would be the one piece of equipment if you were told you were going to be stranded on a desert island, what would be the one piece of equipment you'd take? Oh, the one piece of equipment I'd take would be my dumbbells. I feel like there's so much you can do with just a simple set of dumbbells. And I have um, a, a variety of um, weights of dumbbells, but I also have an adjustable set that oh, I, so I can change depending on what, what workout I'm doing and what I'm trying to accomplish with that workout. So, so that would be the set. That would be the set you'd bring to the desert island. Because I, when you said you'd bring a set of dumbbells, I was like, "Well, what weight?" So, but you're saying you could bring the adjustable, and then you would have a variety, but it's still only two of them. Okay, exactly. That's what I would do. 
yeah, yeah. So, but no other, I mean, do you have a BOSU? Do you have, you know, uh, I don't know, a, do you have a bench? Um, yeah, so I do have a BOSU ball and I love my BOSU ball for just basic like balance training or, you know, some kind of other things you can do with that. I have resistance bands. I have um, a yoga block. I have mm. um, an elliptical trainer at home mm-hmm. as well that I use sometimes. So, mm-hmm. so that's okay, so the kind of thing I just think house. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just joking that I have nothing. And so I'm, I'm just going to show up on your doorstep too, <laughs> yeah. if we get locked down again. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> I was lifting kitty litter. <laughs> it's desperate times around here, people. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what I have done in a pinch is I have squatted my children. Yes. Uh, I did that. Depending too. on the weights of children, I squatted se- up to 75 pounds of children. Oh my so, gosh. <laughs> It's a really good leg workout if you squat your children, depending on the ages and sizes of them. So you just, because you have two, you know, you got twins, basically, hopefully they're similar size. You could put handles on them and then, you know, so then you can do like curls. They're getting a little big for that now, but I'll, I put one on my shoulders and I'll have one in my arms or something like that. So. (laughs) And are you kidding with this or did you really do that? No, I really do that. I did that last week. (laughs) <laughs> they think it's hilarious they love it so much actually even it's at probably so cool. eight and ten and okay, yeah. like mom is so strong like that's a great role model for them yeah and i have to say i haven't i know you've sent pictures if you didn't send a picture like that you're going to have to stage it for us this afternoon and send me a picture so that we can have this <laughs> i have one on facebook and i spent a while looking for it and it disappeared in the whole of facebook so i was looking for one but i can i can get a, a current one yeah yeah get those kiddos and <laughs> i'll set up and and get them get this fourth kid to uh photograph it and you're good <laughs> there we go i'll have my 10 year old take the photograph because he's the heavy yeah. one yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, you're such a better photographer. <laughs> so aside from uh, bench pressing your kids, do you have a favorite move that you like to do? Um, I really like squats. Actually, mm-hmm. I think that's the best. There's so many modifications you can do with them and so many different things. And they also help with my running and running is my number one. So mm-hmm. I, I squats are my number one for sure. So, and, and talk about some of the variations you do. Okay. So a lo- I do a lot of different variations. I mean, there's kind of the basic squat that everybody knows. Um, you can also do really deep squats, uh, which, you know, come in handy a little bit, work those muscles a little different way, or you can step them out. So they're really wide feet. Um, mm-hmm. You can also step them in, which a lot of people don't know is when your feet are in, it changes your center of balance a little bit. Um, just enough that you're, you're throwing in some balance training as well when your feet are touching instead of oh. apart. So that's kind of a fun thing they'll do. I'll sometimes do uh, what's called a split squat, which is where you lift one leg up and maybe set it on the couch or a stair or a bench, and then you do a squat that way as well. So it's kind of, or single leg squats on the BOSU ball mm-hmm. um, thing. So that's kind of things I do. Single leg, squ- a lot of single leg squats, a lot of, you know, changing where my balance is, I think is good for runners, especially. And where do you, you know, are you, are you still looking at articles in runner's world for, for new ideas? I mean, how do you kind of keep it fresh and, and bring new moves into your repertoire? Right. Lately, what I've really loved is the Nike training club app, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's free and they've actually, because of the pandemic, they have uh, allowed all of the premium access free for everyone. 
and they have a lot of really good workouts. You can have what they call whiteboard workouts where you check it off when you're done, or they have like kind of class workouts. It's like a zoom class, but you can do it whenever you want and a whole bunch of things. And they're done by like uh, professional trainers and they're really good. So if you don't want to think about your workout, that is my favorite way to do them. But you know, I've been doing it long enough that I can decide, Hey, I don't either. I don't like this exercise or I want to modify it with this because you know, my, you know, calf is feeling too sore today or something like that as well. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you alluded to it before, but what do you feel that strength training does for your running? I think it helps me. So I am slower to fatigue. I think mm-hmm. when I do a lot of strength training, my legs are stronger. And so I can, I can withstand that pounding and the hills. I live in an area that's really hilly. We're up on the kind of the bench of Salt Lake City. And mm-hmm. so it's any, any direction I go, I will have to go uphill at some point during my run if I run from my house. And when I do more strength training, those hills don't bother me as much. I'm not quite as tired. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can go for longer as well. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of that uh, endurance element as well. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. So let's leave folks with encouragement to strength train because as we all know, uh, you know, if you hear Dimity talk at all, you know that it's the linchpin for runners. So, so what do you say to people who know they should be, you know, doing those squats, doing those, um, you know, whatever type of push up they can, the ab work, whatever, um, but who can't rally to do it? Well, I would say there's a couple different things that I think have worked for me and other people. Um, one is if you can find people who you can commit to do it with, and maybe not right now in person, but mm-hmm. if you find people who you can commit with, say, hey, we're going to do our workout uh, every Monday at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m., and that's when we're doing our workout, we're only going to do 15 minutes. So I think that's another key is if you limit it, at least when you're starting, to small mm-hmm. increments of time, anybody can mm-hmm. fit in a few minutes here and there. So if you figure, okay, I'm just going to do 15 minutes, you can worry about increasing that later as you decide this is something I want to continue with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, April, for joining us. I, uh, you have opened up my mind a little bit more to strength training. Thank you. All right. Thanks for having me. Okay, Maggie, what's it going to be? You got BMX racing, stretching in a pool, doing all sorts of squats. I mean, I'm fired up. Uh, I am too. Listen, I didn't even think about putting your leg up on something and then squatting. Like, Mm -hmm. because, you know, as runners, I feel like I love to wear little running shorts, Mm -hmm. but then, you know, your thighs kind of eat them and (laughs) mine do anyway. So that I have hungry shorts too. Uh (laughs) I'm always looking to like tone that inner thigh. Mm -hmm. um, And I feel like that could be the move. I like isolating areas, you know, as, as you get older, I'm always looking to like isolate areas. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we can't spot reduce. That's, that's all bogus. That's, you know, (laughs) but yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. My gosh, the the older I get, I'm like, oh, wow. What did that just do there? Why do I get that little like reverb across my inner thigh? (laughs) Right. And I just, I, I like taking it, you know, today's leg day tomorrow. I'm going to work on arms. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I like, I like her idea about squats. And if I can get Ryan to agree on a pool, I'm all for water aerobics. (laughs) I'm envious you have space for a pool. Um, All right. Well, please follow Another Mother Runner on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, On both of them, we are at The Mother Runner. And Maggie, I had this great idea that people could regram a post or two or retweet, um, but regramming on Instagram would be awesome. Um, A post of ours that you like, so then your friends and 
family and followers can find us too. So, um, so please and thank you on that on that count. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures and Augie's best friend. Um, many happy miles. Mm-hmm.